time is it? Dude, I think it's Monday. Yo, we've been over like two weeks. Oh god, okay, get on the mic. I'm your host, Will. And this is Connor. And we're coming back to you guys after a week hiatus. Yeah, we've been, uh, it's been a whole week since we've, or two weeks since we've talked to you guys. Since we've last posted an episode. And uh, it's partially due to school and work and some extracurriculars that came up over the past couple weeks. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's only a partial truth, actually. We were doing, our last episode was supposed to be, as you guys saw on our Instagram, uh, part part of a beer tasting episode, uh, Mm -hmm. beer tasting reporting, and uh, we got a little carried away. Yeah, we ended up just calling a night and uh, playing some Call of Duty and drinking beer. So yeah, <laughs> so uh, that's our bad. Partially yeah. our bad. No, I will say we should release it on the blog, but we tasted some great beers. Yeah, we actually did. We had some, and it was a very polar reaction, too. Like, the beers that you loved, I hated, and the beers that I loved, you hated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a little uh, little taste of different perspective. Mm-hmm. It was all good. It was all good local craft beer, too. Most of it, yeah. I also discovered I like Guinness. Yeah. That like, was also something new. Yeah, you were really shooting the yeah uh, shooting the Guinness down beforehand, and then I poured you glass, and you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good, man. It was. Uh, I would definitely drink again. Yep, you're a grown man now. Congratulations. <laughs> Can I, I'm officially Irish, eh? Absolutely. Well, honorary. Honor- honorary Irish. I look more Irish than you do. But you're less Irish than I am. Well, you don't know that. I'm a UK mutt, so there's got to be some Irish in me. <laughs> you got the mutt part right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how was your week? Right. It was good, man. It was. Uh, well, okay. It was. It was good in the fact that like. Um, I had some fun. I played some ball hockey this week with the guys from work. Um, they do like they rent out like a ball hockey or, like facility every Wednesday, and so we go out and play. So that was fun. Uh, the weather was kind of crappy, but uh, it's been good. I bought some new uh, vinyl this week, which is exciting. Oh yeah, what what uh, what do you call them? What disc? What disc? Uh, you could say LP. What LP? What LP? Uh, I bought uh, Ed Sheeran's Multiplied, and I bought uh, Anderson Pack's Malibu. And I also ordered two J. Cole albums. Nice. Which I'm hyped about. Those are coming in about like end of April or so. So that'll be good. I'm excited. You gotta stagger the uh, the rewards. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Well, like, cause they didn't have it in stock, and the second one that I'm ordering, so I, I ordered 2014 Forest Hills, which is like his album from 2014, um, and that one's coming out, or that one's already like obviously on wax already. Um, so I ordered that one, but then his other one, his newest one that came out last uh, December, um, for your eyes only, um, album is uh, that one's just coming out on for to vinyl on April like twenty third or something. So nice. I pre-ordered it. You got yourself set up. Yeah, so I'm pumped. The collection is now up to twenty five. Yeah. Twenty five records, yeah, and then with those two coming, it'll be twenty seven. Where are you cap? Nice math. Where are you capping it? Uh, never. Never capping it. Eh? Never capping it. It's where a lifelong get- collection. Where are you gonna put it all? You're running out of space in here. Well, yeah, but so eventually when I have a place, I'll have my own little, like, uh, <laughs> set up. I'll have some nice shelves, some nice uh, vinyl show-off area. A whole section dedicated to it, eh? Oh, absolutely, yeah. At, that, ca- at that point, where you call it an addiction, or is it still a hobby? Hobby. 
The fine line. There's a fine <laughs> line between addiction and a hobby. I'm tiptoeing, but yeah. it's uh, I'm gonna say I'm a hobbyist at this point. That's good. We'll yeah. keep it that way. Yeah, how about you? How was your week? Um, pretty normal. Uh, we it's the run up to exams. I have an exam tomorrow, actually. That's nice. And it's again hypocritical, but we mentioned that in our episode where we talked about study tips. Right. I meant to start studying at the beginning of the week. And then I was kind of like, ah, oh, no, nah, like I'm, I'm busy or I'm tired. Like I'll, I'll get to it the next day and I'll get to the next day. I'll get to the next day. I'll get to that until today happened. And I was like, you know, I probably should sit down and do it. So I, uh, I went into the branch today with a buddy and, and locked myself in an office and barreled down. Nice. Got interrupted by the cleaners once, but they were only cleaning for 10, 15 minutes, which I actually have beef with because our <laughs> place is filthy. Really? Yeah. We actually, we, we were so concerned and we didn't even think that they actually cleaned the place. And then wow. now I actually got to see them in action, and they don't really. They mop our floors, and they vacuum the mats that get changed out every week anyway, huh. and then they leave. They don't even, like, vacuum behind the counter where I stand or in any of the offices or... Wow, so they just kind of, they show up to get paid, but they don't really actually do any work. Yeah, I would love that if I got paid to clean a whole building, like a contract to clean a whole building and only mop to, like, a fifth of the floor. Yeah, geez, like, I feel like that's a lack of accountability. I think they clean the bathroom, too. You think? Yep. Did you go in and take a whiff? I uh, I did. Did it, you waft it, the smell? It wafted much better than it had before. <laughs> I'll tell you that. That's, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I know this. In the next couple of weeks, I have, so I have an exam tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then I've got a week off, and then exam Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. So one every other day until the last day of the wow. exams. That's aggressive. Yeah. So, I mean, it should be, it'll be jam-packed, and I'll be a walking zombie by the end of it, but... That's what happens. Hey, but you're almost done, though. So that's like, I guess you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. And then I'm shipping off to Europe. That's all right. Yeah, finally booked all the flights and the hostels for that. My buddy Ricardo decided that he was going to come along, too. So planned all that. I've got a travel companion, and he speaks Spanish. I speak French, and neither of us speak Dutch. But apparently in the Netherlands, no one speaks Dutch. So Absolutely not. We're fine there. Yep. It's going to be fun. We all speak money there. Exactly. We speak money. Mm -hmm. Money in red light district. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, that'll be fun. Ricardo, he's a beauty. I saw, I saw him at Roots the other day, actually. Yeah, he works there. Yeah. So shout out to him. If you guys ever want uh, Roots, go check out Ricardo. Yeah, and if you're in Guelph. Ricardo's not at every Roots store. but no, I wish, though. That'd, that'd be, be nice. Eh? I would shop at Roots a lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of your branch. Yes. And banks in, in general. Yes. A um, common topic on this show. Yeah. So um, there's a big, uh, big news in the banking industry with uh, CIBC. And uh, a layoff of 130 employees, and then being, and then these 130 employees that are being laid off are forced to train their uh, replacements in India. Yes, I did hear. I did hear about that. <laughs> I actually, banking. I only heard about that because I was on C- CBC News. Like this wasn't right. even like broadcasted internally. Mm-hmm. I was on CBC News, and then they had said there's an article saying that there was an internal rebuttal by our our. Um, CEO, right. like an, an article posted internally to all of mm-hmm. our employees about this story coming up, and um, I read it, and then I found out about it, and yeah, there's a big deal, there's a big deal about it, and I don't really see, I can see why, but at the same time, it's you're, you're looking at like a human resources perspective as opposed to a corporate perspective if you're upset about it, right. Yeah, no, I think, like, the replacing people because it's cheaper, like, I get, like, in this day and age, it's, I guess, sort of makes sense. Because um, what, what they're not, like, what you need, like, as you were saying earlier, uh, when we were chatting about it, is that uh, this is not, like, it's not like tellers or people that are being fired, but 
those 130 people were people that were customer service. Am I correct? Yes, that was correct. They're not tellers, though, or CSRs. Yeah, they're like our back office support workers. Yes. So, yeah, it's not like they're the face, but they're, and the, I think the big stink about it was that they're firing people and then making them train their replacements. Well, so I get, yeah, there's like, the, there's two levels to it. Initially, people, people don't like it when you fire lo- local citizens or citizens. Absolutely. And then outsource your work overseas. Mm hmm. It's like the buying America versus shipping your manufacturing and production jobs out to China for cheap labor, right? People put up a big stink about that. Mm. Now, I think the thing that we have to keep in mind is CIBC employs, I think last time I checked, 35,000 people. I could be wrong, but it's in the tens of thousands. So we're a big organization. We're a worldwide organization that operates in every corner of the world. Right. Now, is quite limited if you only hire people in Canada or if you only hire customer service support in Canada when you have to support the entire world because when the other side of the world's awake we're asleep. Absolutely. So, the in, in the internal rebuttal, he had said our our CEO Victor had said that the reason that they hire these people is because we have a global operation and we need people awake at all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Yes. And so Firing 130 people out of a company that has 35,000 people employed to send 30 130 jobs overseas in order to make sure that we have 24/7 support mm-hmm. isn't that bad. Especially when it's like it's not an entire entirely Canadian company either. It's not like they, it's like this is unheard of that they've never outsourced jobs and they like that it's only Canadian employees. Like they're they're all over the world. Like they have employees already all over the world. So right. It's not unusual for them to branch out right and rbc was getting the same kind of flack in mm. 2010 or 2012 right so it's not a it's not a new thing that banks are shipping jobs overseas but because we're a global industry or a globalized company we have to have employees in all corners of the world yeah see for me i like firing 130 people like like you said like in the grand scheme of things like it sucks because people don't have jobs but in the long run like to sh- like ship jo- some of the jobs, a very small portion of the jobs overseas is a huge deal. It's more making them train them their replacements. It's just a, I get it for practical reasons, like why the company would do it, because like, who knows the job better than the people that were doing it before, but like it's a little bit of like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a kick in the nards to have to train the people that are taking over your job. Like the reason you're being fired mm-hmm. is to make room for these people, and then you also have to train them. Yeah, but. CIBC also is good at relocating people. So you're th- if they're going to fire you, they're either going to package you out. Okay. Yeah. And so they're going to pay you for, for I don't know, whatever your terms are, the package, forever, how long that you aren't with CIBC, they're going to pay you your salary and maintain your benefits. Or they will work with you to either find another job internally or externally. Right. So it's not like CIBC just fires you, tells you you're going to get fired, makes you train the people that are taking your job, and then kicks you to the curb and says, see ya. Right. They're yeah. actually very good at taking care of their employees after, after releasing them. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I think and like I oftentimes like you don't hear that in the s- news stories, right? Like you hear you read the the CIBC article and people are like I am leaving the bank, I am never doing business with CIBC ever again. Yeah. But then you hear like the backstory of what's actually going on there, and it's like, oh well, there's a little bit more going on, and the bank isn't as this big mean company that's. No, and I mean there's a huge taboo against banks anyway, but. Yeah, and if people see or hear that you're shipping jobs overseas at the mm-hmm. expense of local jobs, like your Canadians aren't getting jobs and you're sh- giving people from India jobs, mm-hmm. people don't like that, yeah, absolutely. understandably. But you have to understand 
the whole scope of things, right? Mm-hmm. We're a corporation. We're not, you know, a counseling service, or we don't have to. <laughs> we don't look after people. Mm-hmm. Like we don't. You're we there don't, to make money. We're there to make money. It's a corporation. You have to make strategic decisions. Yep. Sounds heartless, but that's just the reality of the world. Yep. So, but having said that, like I mentioned earlier, CIBC does have procedures and support systems in place to help those employees that are being released to either find new employment or to provide enough time and financial support for them to find more employment on their own Mm. right so it's not it's not it's not as bad as the media would paint it out to be of course yeah as as bad as it seems yeah well let's just start offering some perspective shaken not stirred absolutely like we do (laughs) also happened recently Mm -hmm. speaking of international things hit me Stockholm, first of all, yes. the attack in Stockholm, ridiculous. Uh, it's scary because there is undetonated explosives. I, I didn't, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, that was crazy. Unless I'm totally getting the story totally mixed up, but I when I read the article, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, I'm coming down with a bit of a, not coming down. I've been dealing with a bit of a cold. Um, but yeah, there is undetonated undetonated explosives in that truck. So yeah. just think about how much worse it could have gotten. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's sad that it's extended to. It's like sad that it happens in the first place, but now it's gotten as far as Sweden, and you know, you don't mess with the Scandinavians. I know, man. They have it. They're just such nice people. They, they have it. They keep to themselves. They don't really meddle in other people's affairs. Yeah, they and they have it just figured out of there, man. Like it's probably just the jealousy. Yeah, everyone's just they're just jealous. It's bitter. It's a bitter mm. attack. Bitter, bitter, bitter. But not to uh, not to minimize what happened. Um, yeah. Also, there was a bombing on Sunday, apparently, in Egypt. Claimed the lives of 36 people. ISIS is being a little more active recently. And that might be as a result of what happened in Syria. Mm-hmm. Although not directly related to ISIS, obviously. But right. the United States sent 59 Tomahawk missiles to attack Assad's airfield, from which he launched a chemical weapons attack on what was supposed to be a rebel, rebel installation, but actually... Ended up hitting some civilian, some of the civilian population. Yeah, it's uh, that was a, it's been a polarizing event. You're either very for Trump launching those missiles without addressing Congress, or <coughs> excuse me, um, or you are very against it. But I, there's definitely more people for it than against it. I think the pe- so in the international community, the only people that are against it are Iran, Syria, the Syrian government, obviously, and Russia, who backs Syria. Right. And everyone else in the international community is either indifferent to it or supported the action. Now, internally in the United States, the majority of people are for it because they're like, wow, Trump actually decided to care about the world right. and stood up and made a statement that human rights violations will not be tolerated. Now the only people who are not in favor of what he did are the alt right, what they what the media calls the alt right, or the isolationists that supported Trump because of his isolationist policies. Right. So they're the ones who are up in arms about it. I mean, there was a sca- I was in a bit of a I don't know if you saw, but I was in a bit of a Facebook discussion. Someone posted a thing. They were terrified about. Um, they're like the post was something on the lo- along the lines of being. Uh, the states had just launched missiles, and they're they're feeling terrified or something, or feeling frightened. 
Did you actually involve? I remember you reading that, but I was like, I was only half paying attention to what you were saying. So yeah, no, I I posted there was quite a bit of a discussion there, but it was it was good. And people just shared their opinions. It was great. We had we had differing opinions, but that was okay. It was actually it was a good discussion because people weren't just like mad and acting like oh shit. It was a educated discussion, which I was quite happy about. Rare to find on Facebook. Absolutely, but it was good. So, but I was just like I I shared my opinion. I was like. But they were not. They were more terrified because of the consequences that it could f- affect Canada in the long run. Why? So because Russia gets pissed off. So this is the the situation was that Russia would be pissed off, and then maybe not right now, but that there'd be retaliation of some sort in the future, and that could maybe not directly hit Canada, but then could affect um, Canadian soldiers and having us having to enter a war because of something like this in the long run. Like it was more of an idea of it being a butterfly effect from this this thing not that this one event would cause world war three or something like crazy like that but it would cause a butterfly effect down the road Trump, yeah trump's volatility i guess yeah yeah which I, is uh, i guess a valid point but yeah it is valid but at the same time the actual military advantage that this kind of <laughs> strike actually created was very slim it was a statement if anything because assad's mm-hmm. had his airfields bombed for years now and he's still mm. launching airstrikes and dropping chemical weapons on children yeah <coughs> which i mean you know there's casualties of war and collateral damage but that's you shouldn't be using chemical weapons well there's a difference of like bombing like another country like in world war Two, where like both every side bombed opposing because you're trying to weaken the you know what I mean? you're trying to weaken the enemy's um the enemy's like spirit and hope and just like crush crush the uh the willpower of uh a country it's definitely got a psychological effect but chemical weapons but doing it against your own people is a little bit backwards yeah well okay so the justification from assad would be he was attacking a rebel installation and the uh, the civilians that were hit were collateral damage yeah now um assad wouldn't say that though because the actual <laughs> argument for the chemical attack was that assad was doing it performing an airstrike on a rebel installation right that manufactured chemical weapons and that the ex- the resulting explosion caused a release of the chemical weapons which then in- oh. infected the population so that's the assad russia iran argument right. but the rebels have stated that they have no means or capabilities of producing such chemical weapons they don't even have a weapons cache in that area so that is unreasonable yeah i mean <laughs> Um, to think that a bunch of rebels have the means to create chemical weapons such as nerve gases. Yeah, I mean it's a little far fetched. It's not impossible. Wow, we are so in sync. You notice that? That was beautiful. That was good. That was beautiful. We're brothers. <laughs> it's not. It's not impossible. But it's also very, very, very unlikely. Also, the fact that the Assad regime had had chemical weapons previously. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they got they were so Russia was supposed to get rid of them. That's the best part about this whole thing is Russia's like crap. Yeah. We said we got rid of them all. Yeah. Well, okay. So backstory to this is Assad had used chemical weapons on its civilian population, and the U.S. like the world was up in arms about it, and U.S. was like, "You've crossed a red line, and we're gonna have to take action." And then Russia came in and was like, "No, don't take action. Like we'll step in and we'll we'll guarantee they get rid of their weapons." It's a great Putin impression. I don't know why I went high pitched. It's more like this. There Look, we will get rid of these chemical weapons. There you go. And we will we will make sure that they are destroyed and that Assad does not carry anymore. 
Was it the, was it the Riddler? It was Mark Spanner. Cool. And then so and then the U.S. actually ended up taking part in destroying those weapons. The U.S. Navy. So it looks badly on Russia now because they weren't actually able to enforce their end of the deal and keep the Assad regime from having chemical weapons. So now that is a huge hit politically for Putin and the Russians. Also that they're still backing Assad is a huge hit. Yeah, like, <laughs> the whole issue that the fact that they're still like, yeah, Assad's a good guy, trust us, it's all good. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't even know what their argument for backing this. I mean, there's obviously a relationship there. There's some kind of political or economic relationship. Yeah, like, but I think they're and, uh, the only logical Castro. argument that I could <laughs> whole other argument. <laughs> the only argument I could see from Russia backing up Assad would be the like the Saddam Hussein argument, because even though Saddam Hussein was a prick, <laughs> he yep. was it. He, he maintained stability. His presence maintained stability in the Middle East. Right. Because he was ruthless and no one wanted to screw with him. And there'd just be like little tiny wars that happened. But when the Americans went in and killed him, then there was this huge instability in the Middle East, and that's how ISIS came up to be, and Al-Qaeda, and all these little wars that happened over there ever since the invasion of Iraq. And so the only argument then for the Russians to back up Assad would be if we remove Assad from power, the same kind of power vacuum is going to be created in Syria. Yeah. Now, there's probably a better solution than just backing a, a <laughs> prick. Ty- yeah, but a tyrannical <laughs> government. Yeah, but I I would ag- that would be my only argument that I could see from the Russian side, yeah. as to backing him, and Iran Iran just hates America so Putin just probably loves him. He's like, yo, this guy is doing exactly what I want to do. <laughs> except, except Putin doesn't want a civil war in his country. Yeah, and have like eight different factions fighting each other. Yeah, it's such a confusing war. Oh, it, it's like, uh, like doing research on it. I'm so confused. Yeah, like I watch and there's there's currently three different. Three or no, four different factions fighting right now. There's Assad's forces. There's the rebels, who are fighting Assad. Yep. Then there's the Kurds, yep. who are this religious, a religious sect of Muslim. Some kind of I don't know if it's Islam exactly, but like some one of them. A subsect of religion. Yeah. A group of people up in the north who are like, I've always wanted independence, <laughs> but I've kind of just like put up with it. Yeah. Who are now just like, screw it, we're taking independence, and they've kind of annexed the northern part of the country. And then there's ISIS too. Yeah, who ISIS. Just, who's just killing everybody. Yeah, who they just like don't really pick a side. They just kind of kill who they want. Indiscriminately. They just want they just want their own caliphate. Yeah. So there's these four sides, and then the rebels were funded by the Gulf states mm-hmm. through Turkey. Yep. And then through Jordan, but they were still funded. And then Assad released jihadists from prison to go fight with the rebels <laughs> yep. so to delegitimize the rebel movement yeah and then isis happened when some of those jihadists um seceded from the rebels yep and then america came in and was like yo we, let's start training and providing weapons for these rebels who are fighting assad so that we don't have to get directly involved and then russia was like yo we're gonna move in militarily and try to stop this from happening mm-hmm. And so they kind of protected. So now, and the problem with airstrikes now, like direct airstrikes with NATO nations, I guess, who are backing the rebels, is Russia's actually installed these anti-aircraft installations and have threatened to shoot anyone that comes down. Yeah. So it's like a no-fly zone. Yeah. And it wouldn't be the first time that happened because Russia was flying in Turkish airspace and Turkey was like, nah, not today. And send up jets and shot them down and then there's this huge to-do. So imagine if those were American jets shooting down Russian jets. Oh, man. You want to talk about a world conflict that you'd yeah, be frightened about? World War Three would happen. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of now like something like that. I mean, it's almost like Russia's like, no one come in, let them do it themselves. Like they're kind of 
It's a bit of a let them do it themselves sort of thing. But no, but, but the Russians no, the Russians are actually attacking the rebel forces. Like Russian army are really? sending strike. Yeah, they're sending strikes oh, on the rebel man, forces. See, this is where the me trying to do research on this thing got me confused. Yeah, because Ru- Ru- Russia initially said they were going to go in and fight ISIS. Right. But are really just bombing the rebels, the rebels. to yeah. help Assad. And America's like, hey, wait a minute. Stop it. Now, it does need to be mentioned that Trump, not too long ago, was also backing Assad. Well, he just, his, so this is his isolationist policy that pissed off the alt-right, was he was like, look, we're not going to go in there because it's none of our business. Like, we're spending too much money fixing other people's problems. Like, we got to work on America first. Yeah. And everyone in the alt-right was like, yeah, go Trump, make America great again, <laughs> yeah. build the wall. And build then the wall. And then Trump was like, oh, they're chemically gassing children and women. All right, I'll bomb them. Yeah. So that's what pissed them off. Yeah. But anyway, moral of the story: the actual strike itself proves no military advantage. Absolutely. It's mostly just a statement, and probably in the long term won't really matter because it's not the first time that Assad's been bombed. Yeah, I mean, so like you think like fifty nine tomahawk missiles are well, what, but like it's not really that much. In the grand scheme of a, a civil war, no. It was really it was just relieving to see that. There was some kind of support from yeah. yeah. There was a su- there was support from America that would deter future attacks like this from happening. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that about sums that one up. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, this is a pretty tragic thing. I mean, there's like people like just horrific deaths in front of their families and stuff through the chemical attacks from Assad. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty brutal. But uh, there is a great video floating around Facebook, and maybe we'll find it and throw it up on our. Uh, or Facebook page or something. But it does a great job of explaining how the Syrian war came about and how the different forces came about. So I'll do some research and I'll find that somewhere. It's somewhere on Facebook. I saw it. I, I saw it recently on Facebook, yeah. So I'll, uh, we'll throw it up there somewhere on Facebook or on the blog. You'll be able to find it in case you want to learn more. Cool. But on a happier note, somebody's team just clinched a playoff spot. Oh, yes. Surprised you haven't talked about this before, all the sad stuff. I know. Well, I thought maybe we'd have some light at the end of the tunnel, right? So, if you don't know what we're about to talk about, we're talking about the Maple Leafs. The Toronto freaking Maple Leafs just clinched a playoff spot. And they're currently playing the Columbus Blue Jackets as we record this. So, I don't know if I'm a real fan if I'm recording over watching a game. But they could potentially clinch third spot in the Atlantic Division, which would give them a game or a game or sorry series against series Ottawa. against Ottawa yeah, right now they have to play Washington, Washington which doesn't make sense because they're tied with Boston and they've beaten Boston every single game this year so the season series is four nothing for the Leafs which me- by default means that they would win head to head and be placed above Boston so that's really they should be playing Ottawa anyway that's what uh, yeah so I don't really know what the heck's going on but that's what all the sportscasters keep saying so they say they keep they need a point tonight against the Blue Jackets. Fake news. Fake, fake news. news. Yeah, full Trump. Um, but yeah. So I either way, I am excited. I thought they were gonna be like a Colorado sort of team this year. So the fact that they're even in the playoffs right now is exciting. I don't have to now choose another team to cheer for for the playoffs, which I've had to do pretty much every year since like I was five. So I'm excited. I can finally cheer for my team because I don't really count. The series against Boston, I try and forget about it because it breaks my heart. Yeah, that would break. That's why I stopped cheering for the Leafs a long time ago. Yeah, it's because you're just... Cause I don't like being disappointed every year. No, but no, this team. Have you it's a good team. It's a good team. Freaking sweet. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Oh, exciting stuff. As a Leaf fan, I am 
ecstatic. As a Leaf fan, you're probably expecting to win the cup now. Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those crazy guys painting myself blue and standing on uh, Main Street in Toronto waiting for the parade. But I would throw a uh, opening playoff parade. <laughs> to celebrate them even making the playoffs? Absolutely. I guess that is a big thing in Toronto. Not many Toronto. Well, I guess now the Raptors are starting to make the playoffs. TFC just made it pretty far. They made it to the final. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I don't know. Tor- about Toronto's the actually really the only team other than the Argonauts, but they don't count. No, they won the the Grey Cup a couple years ago, didn't they? Yeah, but that but was who cares about CFL? So no. Yeah, Toronto's been the only the Maple Leafs been the only team that have yet to have a significant playoff run. Mm-hmm. And the recent. But now they've checked it off the list. Boom. And who knows? Maybe they surprise some people and they pop up. I'm not saying they'll go anywhere near the Stanley Cup Finals, but maybe they'll make it past the first round. That'd be pretty cool. Would not say no. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who they end up playing. It's still 3-2 against uh, Columbus right now with about six minutes left. <laughs> so they're cutting it close. They had a 2 nothing lead and blew it in the period. Yeah, that was brutal. Jamie Ray the made a beauty goal, though. It was a 2-on-1, and he kind of the goalie cheated a little bit on it and got in close, just waited him out, and boop, stop corner. Was the puck crossing the line there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> oh boy. Do you tell we're losing it? Yeah, it's you can tell it's a late Sunday night. Yeah. I think on that note we're gonna wrap things up. A little quick episode. Yeah, just uh short and sweet just to bring us back on track and get you guys caught up in the loop. We're probably gonna be short and sweet for the next couple of weeks because I've got uh, I've got a lot of exams coming up. So a lot of exams and makes it a little easier for you guys as our listeners to just get a quick episode in wherever you are. Exactly, because I mean, listening to us for forty five minutes droning on about stuff can be uh, can be quite tiring. Mm-hmm. So, but thank you guys for joining us. Um, make sure to check us out on Facebook at uh, Ryan Ginger Pod, and also on Instagram. There'll be some cool new posts coming up this week, and uh, also stay tuned for the our blog. Absolutely, yeah. We're going to start uh, posting stuff up on there again, if not in the next couple of weeks, uh, definitely before I head out to Europe. Yep. And probably throughout Europe as well. I'll keep everyone updated on, uh, on what oh, we're doing Oh, please do. I expect it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks for uh, sticking with us today, and I uh, hope we will talk to you guys later. Yeah, if you have any comments or uh, questions about the show, just uh, feel free to hit us up at our email, ryangingerpod at gmail.com, Ryan as in W-R-Y, because we're, we're hilarious. We're Yeah, we're pretty funny so all right guys thanks for joining us and have a great night cheers